<coughs> Blessings to each one of you. <coughs> Got to get me a drink when I was out there. <coughs> Thought maybe we should turn the afternoon into a prayer meeting here. I mean, not the afternoon, but my preaching time. <coughs> We have a, a wonderful place here to get together. Beautiful rain, warm, we're blessed to sit together. feel like I'm sort of turning the corner. I say that in my message somewhere here. James sort of turned the corner. And I've entitled it, and it could have many titles, Choose Right When You Have Been Wronged. In James 5, beginning at verse 7, I think I'll, I know some of this I've talked about some before. <clears throat> but the, the gist of the message is to choose right even when you feel like you've been treated unfairly wrong or whatever. There's a lot of, lot of difficult times that we have sometimes. <clears throat> Let's say you're a sharp shopper. <clears throat> you're checking out or you're in line to check out. And your car is parked there where you can see it. Another brother, as you watch him walk out through there, he gets in his car beside him, or beside you, gets ready to put his groceries in the car, and opens his door, and you under, you can see from the expression on his face, and he talks to his wife a bit, and um, that he banged his door in your car. And you see him look at it, mumbles some, pulls out his handkerchief and he wipes it off and puts his groceries in his car and he then glances around and he leaves. You kind of come out, sharp chopper, with your groceries and you go to your car and of course, the first thing you do is look at the car to see how it looks. And you're absolutely amazed. It's a dent there. It's even a scratch where the door scraped it. Your eyes can't quite believe what you're looking at. Other things begin to flash in your mind about this brother. And I'm calling him a brother because James talks, I think, five times in here about brother. You think of other things that he has done for you or toward you or other people. Something begins to well up inside here and you say, this ain't right. He's not getting by with this one. And a little voice in, in you says, just... Just let it go. Just let it go. 
No, not this one. It's been too many times. But the voice again says, just, just let it go. Let it rest. So you sort of submit to that. And so you put your groceries in the car and you need to stop at Lowe's. So you stop there and you're coming down the aisle and you see him turn the corner in the aisle. And you say, well, here's my chance to confront him. I'll go the other way around the aisle and we'll meet somewhere in the aisle. <clears throat> the little voice again says, just let it go. Don't worry about it. Let it go. And you think, no. We'll give him a load of my mind. And the voice says, just let it go away. So you do. Walking away from something that seems a bit cowardly, doesn't it? Just letting it go. Something about that. Our nature prompts us to fight back. We want to fight. Sweet revenge, some, of, some people would call it. After all, by, uh, fighting back helps me get where I'm going. Helps me protect what I have, the territory that I have. God hates retaliation. He doesn't like those games that we sometimes are tempted to play. That we are tempted to, to sort of even out. He sees it happen between husband and wife. He sees it happen between parents and children. Between siblings and their other siblings. God hates those jealousy attitudes, jealous attitudes, and the clawing he observes in churches sometimes. And I will have to say that over the last 25 to 30 years at Mount Hermon, we've seen some. It's happened. God wasn't happy when it happened. He's still concerned about it. Somehow God wishes that we could learn how to respond rightly when we have been done wrong. God wants us to overcome our natural reactions with a super, supernatural response. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. I'd like to read just a few verses there. Here in the beginning, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Servants, be subjects to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and the gentle, but also to the forward. For this is a thankworthy if a man for conscience sake toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it to him if he be if ye be buffeted in your faults, you shall take it patiently. But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. 
here even uh, for even here unto were ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. And we could go on there, but the point here is that we endure those things, not only to the good and gentle, those that treat us good. That's a piece of cake, right? It's not hard to treat those people good. What is the hard part is when we endure suffering from other people. It's also not so bad if we endure suffering that comes from our own sin, the, the fault that we have ourselves. That's not so terrible. We understand that because it's our fault. Enduring the unfair treatment that we sometimes might have to put up with, with patience, is hard to do. But it is beautiful and it's rewarding in our lives if we follow that uh, inclination. When we respond with a supernatural way, God is pleased. Twice in this passage here, Peter says, this finds favor, 19 and 20 there, finds favor with God. The word favor in the text, uh, Greek text is grace. It is something that uh, is commendable beyond our ordinary human response to something like that. <clears throat> so uh, that was sort of a prelude now that we know what God expects from us and how to react to those things. We'll go to James 5 and begin here in verse 7. <clears throat> Be patient, therefore, is his first response here. And uh, as I reminded you, 7, verse 7, verse 9, verse 10, and verse 12, he is talking to the brethren. He is talking to those that love the Lord. He's not talking to the heathen people uh, or discussing somebody that doesn't know God. We can only be those kind of people as we have a relationship with God. It is, we, we can't have those or develop those patient things unless we have a relationship with God. It's one that is connected with God, who has fellowship with God, was walking with God daily. <clears throat> Second, these six verses here, verse 7 through uh, the next six here, um, down through, let's see, six, seven, wherever grudge is. That's where it stops. Anyway, that's where I'm going to stop today. <clears throat> uh, be patient, therefore, brethren, is, is what James is talking about. And earlier, as we talked about the first part of this chapter, he was talking about um, those unmerciful of people that were causing a lot of trouble in their lives. <clears throat> this patient, this word in the Greek is actually a combination of two words. It's uh, makris, or uh, makris, yeah, ris, 
meaning a long way or far, and thumos, meaning passion, heat, rage, or anger. So you have the concept of long-suffering, not short-tempered. It takes a long time to get angry. In simple terms, as we might think about it today, is, is not having a short fuse, having a long fuse. Two things that particularly is impressive about this quality. First, love is the first response here in when we have patience, when we learn this kind of um, not to take re- retaliation. Love is the first response. The very first definition of love from 1 Corinthians 13, it says, love is long-suffering or is patient. And then in verse 4, it suffereth long. Love will motivate a person uh, to overlook the offense, to delay the uh, anger, or to suffer long with that person. That is the lesson that, is, that God is trying to teach us to be patient with other people. Verse 7 says, Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious food, fruit of the earth. We'll just read that. But patient, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Um, that early and latter rain, I think, comes from the people that James were t- was talking to, understood this very much. In parts of Palestine where they, this was at, is some of the richest farmland in the world. It's good land there. And... But most of the time, because of the result of oppression and these uh, bureaucrat leaders that were uh, oppressing the Christian people and the Jewish people would only give them the higher elevations of the country to, to do their farming in. And so they were up on the higher places, sort of mountainous areas, and so their, their farmland was in the hill country where there was no irrigation, there was no soil, uh, it was difficult to, to till, they had to clean off the rocks, and so they were constantly throwing rocks, uh, taking them off their land, and it took a long time to get the land just ready for, for uh, to plant something. When the soil was finally prepared for seed, then uh, he would seed his uh, field in or whatever he was planting. And that was in about uh, October or November, as I remember. Um, And then it would be 
the rains would come in October, November, and then that would sort of allow the uh, seed to germinate. And then you had the winter month period of dormancy. And then the latter rain, which came in the springtime, that was April or May, would allow the crop to grow. And so in order for the farmer to receive a good crop, he had to, to uh, wait that period of time there. And I think that is what James is talking about here. Have patience. Um, there may be a time that you have to wait, even on the things that uh, a premature planning for them would have caused disaster in there. You can't, you really can't hurry God's plan, whether it's in, and I think James is trying to get across to them, you need to be patient. God is waiting. There's maybe several things that come in here. He may have been trying to teach them also to be patient for the waiting of the coming of the Lord. Yeah, they were, and we don't understand it. If we lived in the war-torn country now that we read about, and we, we would understand a lot of these things a lot better because we go to bed at night and I praise the Lord that we can go and we, we, have, we don't worry about whether we're going to sleep. Well, we might worry about whether we're going to sleep, but not that we're going to be hindered in any way. But uh, they did. And they were persecuted for their efforts that they did. And so maybe James was also not only saying be patient for your crop, but be patient for the coming of the Lord. And I think that's probably what he had more in mind than the crops. But they understood what he was trying to say. Be patient and establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Taking our own natural response to those who treat us so unfairly, and I don't think we're treated that unfairly, but they were in this time very unfair. Uh, be patient for the coming of the Lord. <clears throat> Verse 8, talks, James talks about strengthening their hearts. Maybe not only talking about the return of the Lord. God has a way of changing <coughs> circumstances to aid or to bring relief to unfair situations. I was just thinking of, of things that happen in our lives or in other people's lives somewhere. Sometimes... Things shift around, leaders change, things are different. Um, your situation might change some too. So we need to be patient and wait for God to deal with those things. One way to deal with it, I run across this and I liked it, as uh, for unfair circumstances is to take the 50-20 approach to unfair situations. Turn with me to Genesis uh, 50. It's the last chapter in Genesis. Okay. 
And I'm going to read from 15 to 22. And this is Joseph's response after his father had passed away and his brothers were saying, wow, you know, dad passed away now. This is the time for Joseph. We better be careful and we better pay attention because Joseph just might retaliate. He just might retaliate toward us for what we have done. They were very guilty still at this point. They knew they had. But here was Joseph's response to his brother, brethren. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will preadventure hate us and will certainly requite all things, all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, the father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say to Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sins. For they did unto thee evil, and now we, we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of thy servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren were also, also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought it evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear not. I will nourish you and your little ones. He comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I'll stop there. But that was Joseph's response. Yes, he could have retaliated and he was treated very unfairly. Think of all the nights that he probably spent over there in Egypt. I think it was Egypt, wherever he was. And, yeah, it was Egypt. <laughs> Had to think if I'm right. All the nights he spent there in prison or just being a prisoner, especially in the beginning, nights he spent crying himself to sleep, weeping over the, the things that were so unfair, were so difficult, were just horrible. And yet, in every circumstance, whether he was put to prison or wherever, or he was tempted by um, Potiphar's wife, he turned to God. He took his, his focus off of his unfair situation and focused on God. And when we uh, apply that guideline to our lives to focus on God, rather than our unfair circumstances, the 50-20 approach uh, enables us to see what God is trying to teach us. And the other person, see the other person as a tool that God is using for making us to the person that He wants us to be or He intended us to be. And that is a difficult thing to do. I think of Joseph and it, it of course brings me to tears to think about what he endured in those times. <clears throat> and yet his response was, don't worry about it. Uh, just let it go, right? 
He said, just let it go. I will nourish you. I will take care of your little ones. I will do all this. I will comfort them. And he spake kindly unto them. He had no retaliation in mind. Of course, um, no, I was going to say, of course, he is a, 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 a likeness of, of uh, Jesus himself. And yes, he was. But he had feelings just like you and I do. I know he did. And it was very difficult for him to, to not retaliate. And so we need to allow God to work in our lives to bring about, be able to learn the things that he really wants us to understand and be able to teach us and he, he uses other people to do that. I know he does sometimes. Or circumstances that we have. He uses those things to bring about a closer walk with him. Then verse 9 says, Grudge not um, one against another. Brethren. Here's where he uses brethren. Lest you be condemned. Lest ye be condemned, behold, the judge standeth before the door. There are different words that come to surface uh, when you're looking at the word grudge. The side reference in my mom Bible, I think, said murmur. Um, some translations may say complain, or the word translated translates uh, complain translated um, literally means to groan or to sigh. Uh, this groaning is a groaning or sighing, and I know we've all been there, I've been there too, when you're just disgusted with somebody or something and you just sigh, you groan. Oh, for goodness sake. You know, why this? It reveals a, a deep inner expression of an attitude of bearing a grudge towards somebody. I think it's especially, I, I want to think about it, and in, in towards somebody. And if we don't take care of that grudge or that murmur, that hate, it can grow into a seed of bitterness, as the Bible talks about, and become a deep-seated bitterness or hatred like I was talking about in uh, the sharp shopper experience. That was not literal. But... Uh, <coughs> It, it could become a deep-seated bitterness toward that brother, toward that person, if we would allowed it to grow. <clears throat> we may also deal with jealousy to creep into our hearts, cause us to be hateful toward other people, cause us to do things that it's not God-honoring. Certainly not. And so... 
We do hateful things maybe if our, our jealousy prayers up. We snub people. We may say an, a nasty comment just out, just within their hearing distance. I was going to say out of their distance. But, uh, or just an action, action done deliberately to, to hurt that person. Or, yeah, those things. We can do those things if we have this grudge mentality of things. These things, James says, calls for the judgment of God. God who is standing right at the door. It doesn't go unnoticed by Him, but you know, I I thought of two ways to look at that. God doesn't... It doesn't go unnoticed that somebody does something wrongful to you. And the unfair treatment, and I, you know, my mind still goes over to the war-torn places where they were just, they're desperately used wrong. And I say, God sees it all. And He will remember. And He will bring justice. Um... I was thinking about that side. I was thinking about another side too. Yeah, God is there to judge us if we do wrong. But He's also there to, to bring about justice to a situation that isn't done right. So there's two sides there. He's standing at the door. It doesn't go unnoticed. And so <clears throat> James reminds us here of Two things, two situations that we can resist this grudging mentality within us, murmuring toward each other. Um, verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure those things. Ye have heard the patience of Job. We think about Job. He brings in Job here. Or he says, Or we have seen... Uh, the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. So, um, I thought it was also in here about the, uh, well, we think about the patriarchs, uh, the Hebrews 11, the uh, people that were, went through all kinds of hardships, the heroes of faith is what I was trying to think of. We think of the heroes of faith that, yeah, they endured a lot of difficult things, and yet um, those and Job, which endured a lot of things, they came out on the good side. They allowed God to use those things to teach them, to draw them uh, toward God, and to be in fellowship closer with God. And so we can do the same <clears throat> as we think about doing those things. I thought of First John four seven says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not God, let me read that again. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." Love comes from God. 
Love is the only way that we can overcome unfair treatment or come out the other side taking the 50-20 mentality of Joseph um, and allowing God to teach us those things. It's only love for other people and for God, most of all, that we can do those things. 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. And so, um, we here at Mount Hermon and abroad, all your brothers in Christ everywhere, um, we know that we have passed from uh, death into life when we're able to look at our brother and say, and truly mean it and say that we truly love you. We love you as a brother. Even in those times when we know that people purposely done things that cause hurt. And maybe we say, well, it's just not right. Just not right what those people did. And maybe it isn't. And that was not really my subject. My subject was to be patient, to love, and to forgive in those situations. There is a side that God will set things straight. And so there might be a point in time when we need to confront a person and something too, but <clears throat> that would be another subject sometime. So may God bless you as you live your life. Try not to do anything difficult to somebody else. Always love them and always love those who may not treat you quite right. It will pay off in the end. Let's have a song. <clears throat>